You are listening to episode number seven of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where I dive into my 25-pound pregnancy weight gain. Now, before we dive in, let's talk about this virtual masterclass coming up because it is on fire, y'all. It is happening Thursday, July 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you are not going to want to miss out because we are going to be diving into how to stop restricting and stop trying to deprive. That way, you can actually lose the weight and keep it off. So I'm going to be teaching you how to lose that weight eating the food you love. That's right. With the carbs, the wine, the pasta, the pizza, everything. Nothing is off limits here. And I'll show you how. All it is is simply changing the way you see food and you see yourself. All right. Head on over to bodyyoucrave.com forward slash masterclass for all the details. I'm master at life and weight loss coach, Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Body You Crave podcast. So today we are diving into weight gain and specifically pregnancy weight gain because this is something that I went through last year. My son was born in early November, so I was pregnant all year long. And I think it's really important that we talk about the weight gain as well as the weight loss. So often we want to focus on the weight loss aspects and like, what did you do? What did you eat? How quickly did you start exercising? And we get really hung up on all those things without actually starting to tune into how do you have healthy pregnancy weight gain as well? So this is my story and I'm going to talk and share just about my personal aspects, but it does not mean that you are doing anything wrong, that there's anything wrong with you or your body. If you gain more or you gain less, like there's no right or wrong here. We just want to start to be really honest with ourselves about food. So I gained 25 pounds. I went from 124 to 149, like exactly. And they weighed me right when I was like in labor. My water had broke eight hours prior. (laughs) So um, that's the only reason why I know like (laughs) it was like spot on exactly 25 pounds, which for me starting at a healthy normal weight was very realistic. Now, the reason why I only gained about 25 pounds and a lot of women can gain a lot more weight has to do with the logistics of like, well, what did I do? And that accounts for about 20%. But then the other 80% is what I was thinking. So let's start with the do, because I know everybody's curious about that, right? We all, our brains always go to the how. How did you do that? Tell me what you did. So food. When it came to food, I really had an approach of more whole foods, right? So my whole plan was less processed, more real foods. Now, In the beginning, I had major morning sickness. And so there were some days where like, I actually craved Taco Bell. I had Taco Bell for the first time in like 20 or 25 years. Like it had been a long, long time (laughs) since I had ever had Taco Bell. And it like, I had a bite of my husband's taco and then I was like, oh, that's really good. Can I, (laughs) can I have another one? So it was just kind of funny. The, The things that I wanted and that I was craving and in the beginning, because I felt nauseous and had all day quote, morning sickness, for about three to four weeks, I was eating a lot of cereal, toast, crackers. I did not want any vegetables. 
Like it was very much, I was very focused on like, how do I just survive this? I felt like crap. It was all I could do to just get through the day and like lay in bed and watch Netflix and just pray that like the next day would be better. <laughs> like it was really hard. There were mornings where I'd go walk the dogs and I would have to stop on like the side of the road because I thought I was about to puke. It was really intense at times. And so aside from that period, once that phase was over and I moved more into the second and third trimester, then it was really about how do I just eat real whole foods and less processed? Now, this is not a like never can I ever. This is how do I eat more and then how do I eat less so that the processed foods are not being restricted. It's not that I can't ever eat a piece of pizza or it's not that I can never eat certain things. It's just what do I want to eat less of? So the other aspect of that was I have a rule that's no naked carbs. So if I was going to eat carbs, I was going to eat it with a fat or a protein. So for my meals, I really strove to eat a carb, fat, protein, and a vegetable every single time. So regardless of when I ate breakfast, because I was still listening to my body, eating when I was hungry, stopping at satisfied, some mornings I would get hungry for breakfast at 8 or 8.30, other mornings it might be 11 or 11.30. There was no right or wrong. I really just listened to my body and tuned into what I was thinking and feeling. And I was really focused on how do I make sure I have a vegetable at every meal? How do I make sure that I have a balanced meal and I'm getting in a little bit of everything? I tended to have more food aversions than I had food cravings, quite honestly. I was kind of waiting for the cravings to come and I never really had them. There would be times where I was like in the mood for frozen yogurt because that's just one of my kind of favorite go-to things. But because the Froyo place was 30 minutes away, I really didn't feel like going to get frozen yogurt most of the time. I'm like, nah, it's not worth it. Usually that's what I ended up, how I ended up feeling. And my husband even offered to go get it for me, but I was just thinking, man, by the time he gets back, it's going to all be melted. <laughs> like, that's really sweet of him, but <laughs> no, it's okay. But I tended to have more food aversions. So in the beginning, I had a lot of aversions towards sweets. I didn't really start to even enjoy sweets, like even like fruits until my second trimester. And then in the third trimester, a little bit with like maybe a protein bar or some dark chocolate, but I really didn't have a, a, some strong sweet cravings. A lot of times I could have a piece of fruit and be totally satisfied. And that was really interesting because it was a very stark contrast to after the baby. I had some like major sugar and sweet cravings. <laughs> but while I was pregnant, there were more like food aversions than it was actual cravings. So what else did I do? So water, I drank about 150-ish ounces of water every single day. So I drank a lot. We were living in Arizona. I was staying very hydrated, but I also just enjoy Like I drink a lot of water to begin with. So that's it's not even including like sparkling water, lemonade, tea, coffee. Like that is just straight up water. And I found that that was easy for me to do because I would go for a walk in the morning and I would easily drink like 35 ounces of water just in the time like I woke up and then by the end of my walk. Because it was so hot, it was really easy to get in my water. And when I started out the day like that, I often could finish the day pretty strong. I always make sure that my water bottle is full. It's just become so much of a habit. I just drink naturally. Sleep was seven to nine hours consistently. I made sure that I was in bed, going to bed by 10 p.m. There were some nights where I would get into bed at like 8 or 8.30. I really just listened to my body. Some mornings I was up kind of early, but on average, I would say I really got in that seven and a half, eight hours of sleep. Stress. So I was really mindful about when I was feeling stress and really starting to solve for the issue instead of distracting myself with food or wine or some other buffer. So I was really tuned into what's stressing me out 
and stress, it's going to be my thoughts. <laughs> so it's how do I change my thoughts about this situation? And how do I, how can I change my, my situation? How can I change this circumstance? How can I choose to think about this differently? So being very aware and mindful about stress was another big piece. And then movement. So I went for daily walks. I did yoga two to three times per week, more so in the beginning as I got bigger and bigger, it became harder and harder to do to do yoga. I also am not a huge yoga fan to begin with. So that's something that easily falls to the wayside. But I was really focused on wanting to maintain some flexibility and really just trying to stretch out my back and my legs and went and saw a chiropractor every week. And I got adjusted starting in July. So within my second trimester, I started doing that up until I was I delivered. And then starting the week after I did weekly adjustments after that as well. Um, And I averaged doing body pump about twice per week, whether, and for a lot of that, that was by myself in the garage, just with my own weights that that I had on hand because of COVID and things were shut down. I was teaching a little bit, but because of different indoor versus outdoor and mask requirements and it being outrageously hot outside, I chose to stop teaching and I just took the class. So in September and October, up until that week before I delivered, I was still doing body pump at least once a week, if not twice. So that is like, that's kind of a bird's eye view of what I was doing. All of the just the strategy, like the logistics around the how. Now, like I said, that's only that only accounts for about 20% of my results. The other 80% is my mindset. It's what I was thinking. That is where you're going to see the biggest return on your investment when it comes to where you're spending your time. So whether it's in having healthy pregnancy weight gain or whether you're in the weight loss phase, it's really important to have your mindset dialed in. So number one, I was really super focused on my hunger scale, really tuned into my body, really thinking about, am I truly physically hungry and am I stopping at satisfied? So it was I'd say it became really uncomfortable to overeat to where I was, and especially in the beginning, I would eat more smaller meals more frequently and I would have smaller bits, but it really just, I had to play with it. But just really being aware and listening to those hunger cues and not trying to wait until a certain time of day, not trying to fast for a certain number of hours, like really just listening to my body and being okay though, if some days I didn't eat until noon because I truly was not hungry. I stopped drinking coffee just because I that was one of my aversions. I just was not interested in it like at all. Um, and I started drinking black tea in the morning instead. And then my mom sent me this. It was like this cinnamon and spice black tea that is super delicious. And now to this day, I still will drink it like every single day. But it's Harney and Sons hot cinnamon spice tea. You can find it on Amazon. I think Target also carries it. Certain stores will carry this specific flavor. It's so delicious. It's one of my favorites. So even though I may not have been eating, I also likely wasn't fasting because I think there is some sweetness in this tea, just in all honesty, but just very aware and when I was truly hungry and then when I wasn't, when I was just reaching for a snack, when I was procrastinating, when I was trying to avoid certain emotions. So I was also on the lookout for my excuses and justifications and permission giving thoughts to eat when I wasn't hungry or when I wanted to overeat and keep eating. So this looks like, you know, to stop eating when I'm satisfied, even when it tastes so good, even when it's a special occasion, when I'm on vacation, right? And so while there's no right or wrong amount of like pregnancy weight 
to gain or to not gain, it's really important that we dial into these excuses that we often use to eat. So things like baby wants a cupcake or, you know, finally I can eat whatever I want and it doesn't matter. Or even this thought of like, oh, I'm just going to gain the weight anyway, so I might as well enjoy the ride. Or I'm going to have to restrict later to lose the weight, so I better enjoy it while I can. And those last two were actually a couple of things that I noticed that came up specifically for me in terms of like excuses to eat. It was towards the beginning and it's like, well, I'm going to gain the weight anyway. So, you know, it's like go big or go home. And that's not really the right approach. So my whole like my whole thinking was like, why gain more weight than I have to? I'm not afraid of gaining the weight when I'm pregnant, but I also don't have to gain 50 pounds if that's not necessary, especially on my five foot three frame. Like I did not need to gain 50 pounds. Now, there are going to be some people out there who gain a lot of weight and it's a lot of it's water weight. They're retaining a lot of water and that's going to come off like super fast after the baby's born. I think you'll be really surprised at how that actually happens. And I'm sure, you know, there are some of you who can relate to that. But we really just want to be honest with ourselves about when we're eating, when we're not truly hungry and how we're using pregnancy as an excuse to eat. And this is something that I used to think, actually, I remember thinking back in my like, I don't know, late teens, early 20s, and talking with a boyfriend or his, maybe it was like his mom or somebody at the time. And I was just talking about like, well, when I'm pregnant, then I can eat whatever I want. And she had said, oh, but then you have to lose it. Like, don't get this idea that you can just eat whatever. And, and, and it was honestly because I was, you know, trying to restrict and trying to deprive and trying to do low carb. And it just was not suiting me. Like it was not working for me. And so I kept striving to lose weight. I I felt like I was constantly dieting. And so the thought of like, but when I'm pregnant, well, then I don't have to do this anymore. And so part of the thing was like, I really didn't have a healthy relationship to food or to myself. So there were a lot of other things at play. But we, I think as a culture can sometimes fall into this trap of thinking, well, like I'm eating for two and thinking we need to be eating a ton of extra food when really our body just needs a little bit more energy. Like, just a little, like it looks like a handful of nuts. Like that's it. (laughs) Like it's a very small amount that our bodies truly need. Um, The other piece is making sure that you're getting in the right foods that actually fuel your body. There's nothing wrong with eating a cupcake, but I was also very focused on, am I fueling my body and getting the nutrients that I know the baby needs? So for me in particular, that looked like getting in enough red meat, starting an iron supplement, um, making sure I had enough choline, which is found in egg yolks, So there were a variety of things that I was really focused on. And, oh, there was a book called, it was like Real Food in Pregnancy. Let me look that up. But I thought it was really helpful in just giving me a nutritional like guide for how I wanted to be eating and structuring and like thinking about food. It's called Real Food for Pregnancy by Lily Nichols. And that was a great book and just kind of give me a giving me a foundation for the like what do I eat from there it becomes a matter of now like making sure that I'm not giving in to you know just these cravings and urges and desires for food to procrastinate or because I'm trying to avoid something or feeling something or I feel like I'm having a moment of like self-consciousness or shame or I feel you know, these negative emotions. And it's so easy just to turn, like in my opinion, to turn to ice cream or chocolate or something to make me feel better in the moment. And so very consciously choosing to allow that negative emotion and learning how to process and handle those feelings without turning to the food and just trusting that, okay, I can have, I can have ice cream. I can have chocolate whenever I want, but I'm not going to eat it right now when I feel like crap. And I think, well, this will make me feel better because long-term it won't. And, and even this idea of like, 
I'm going to have to restrict later to lose the weight so I better enjoy it while I can. That was another thought that came up for me um, that I just, I thought was so interesting. And so I give clients assessments and different worksheets that they can do to start to understand and like pinpoint like why they ate, why they ate specific foods, why they ate when they weren't hungry, why they kept overeating, things like that to really help them understand and find these thoughts because now I can be on the lookout for it, right? Like when I start to tune in, I'm like, oh, like I'm just afraid I'm going to have to restrict later to lose weight, but that's not true. Like that's the old way of thinking. That's the old diet mentality. So I don't have to get it while the getting's good because the getting will always be good. (laughs) So pregnancy is just a circumstance and it's my thoughts about being pregnant that will dictate how much extra I gain. Like my body will naturally gain a certain amount, but I can very easily increase that number by eating my face off (laughs) because I'm using these excuses and justifications. So you may not be pregnant, but maybe you've got other circumstances in your life that tend to be a trigger for you to eat. Maybe it's a stressful job. Maybe it's a kid having a meltdown in the middle of Target or the grocery store. Maybe it's somebody in your life that just kind of makes douchey comments about your weight or your body. It could be things like travel or holidays or the pandemic or any number of things. But the reality is it's always going to come down to those excuses, justifications, and permission-giving thoughts that allow you to eat or that give you that permission to eat. And that's really the real problem. Like being pregnant is not a problem. It's not the issue. It's not what I have to solve for. What I need to look at are my thoughts. So thoughts like, oh, I worked out really hard today, or I deserve it, or the scale isn't moving that fast anyway, so I might as well enjoy a cookie. Like, you know, this often this happens because we feel like our diets are restrictive and they're punishing. So it's punishment. And we're like, well, why keep punishing myself if I'm not getting the results I want anyways? It could be as simple as like, a little won't hurt, or I'm on vacation. I get to eat whatever I want. Or I just need to relax and unwind from my day. And this is how I do it. I do it with food or wine or you know, maybe it's chips, maybe it's cookies. Often we have like a go-to thing, especially if you are like I used to be where I would kind of snack as I was making dinner. Or if I wasn't that hungry for dinner, I'd be just kind of snacking through dinner on a bunch of stuff. But you know, you might be telling yourself, well, it's been a really long week. This pizza will make me feel better. Or this is how I handle. This is how I cope. This is how like, this is how I relax. This is how I de-stress all of those things. We just want to tune in and just be aware and recognize what's actually going on, what's happening. So I was really like pleased with the fact that I only gained 25 pounds. I was quite proud of myself, not because of the weight gain per se or or how much or how little I gained, but really just that I could stay very focused and very conscious on not just the what I was eating, but on the why I was eating piece. And I I think for this time in in a lot of women's lives where it tends to be kind of this free-for-all, I felt really good about how I handled gaining the weight. Body image-wise, I'd say it was pretty easy for me to feel good in my body, especially once I started to show a little bit more. Um, There there was a time where like I had like a little belly where you couldn't quite tell, you know, it was kind of like, "Mm, maybe she ate a little too much at lunch, (laughs) not totally sure. But as my belly got bigger, you know, later in the second and then into the third trimester, then I felt really good because I was very, it's very clearly pregnant. <laughs> so I didn't have any issues or, or anything like that. And the funny thing too was with some of the shirts that I would wear, or especially like sitting at a table, a lot of times people wouldn't even notice. I did gain just a lot of belly weight. Um, I didn't tend to gain a ton in my legs or my arms. 
Um, I think my face, you know, probably got a little puffy there towards the end. But but overall, it was never an issue to love my body through that process. The bigger issue was loving my body afterwards and having certain expectations of how quickly I should be losing the weight and what this should look like. And -and so-and-so lost her weight and got her pre-baby body back in six weeks. So I sure as hell better make sure I do that. So there were a lot more, I would say, thoughts and kind of body image and expectations that I had losing the weight than I had actually gaining it. But I like overall, I felt pretty good. Like I slept really well. I had like a lot of energy throughout the day. Like I was still building my business and building courses and working out and going to you know, doing networking events. And there would be times where I would hit a wall and I'd be like, all right, at 6 p.m. I'm done. Like my brain is turning off. But for the most part, like I had a really, really good pregnancy. I felt really good. Being able to get adjusted by the chiropractor every week was massively, massively helpful. Still continuing to exercise and move my body in ways that I liked and that I enjoyed. I think that really helped my body as well. It also helped during the 35 hours of labor, which I haven't really, I didn't think about telling this story in this episode. I'll save more of that for uh, for the, the weight loss story. But my water broke on a Monday night at like 10.30 p.m. I had just fallen to sleep. <laughs> so I was, was like really groggy, didn't sleep for like two or three nights in a row. And I, so Monday night, my water breaks. Caleb wasn't born until 8.18 a.m. on Wednesday morning. So it was like 35 hours between the water breaking and him actually arriving. (laughs) So it was quite an adventure. So I will tell all of that story um, when I talk about the weight loss. But I just wanted to give, I I wanted to set the stage because so often we can focus on the weight loss side of things and, you know, get back to your pre-baby body. But we also forget that there's a lot that we can do while we're pregnant to stay in control and to be really um, conscious and mindful about what we're eating and how we're fueling our bodies and how we're fueling and nourishing our little babies. Um, And again, there's nothing wrong if you are gaining more weight because of water retention or just because, you know, for other reasons, we have to recognize like we can't tell what all is fat. And then unless you're doing a full body composition, like you can't really tell like how big is the baby? Like how much water weight is in each limb? How much is actually fat? We don't have all of those specific details. So give yourself some grace and compassion and focus on the actions. What can you control? Like what can you be very aware of? You can really start to manage your mind around food. You know, no food is off limits, but when you can have ice cream every single day, it means you don't have to eat the entire half gallon in one sitting, right? Like you can have a portion, you can have one or two portions and then decide like that's enough. And you can remind yourself like, hey, I get this tomorrow and the next day and the next day if I want it. So that's the area of opportunity here. And so whether, again, whether you're pregnant or whether you're going through another stressful situation or you are in the weight loss phase now, like this, these rules, like these parameters still apply. And I I use the term rules kind of lightly here, but like this approach, this philosophy still works. So I just wanted to share that and just bring you in on, on that part of my life and that journey. And in the next episode, we will talk about the weight loss side of things. And it never goes like we expect or like we hoped. And I am no different. I have certain expectations about how it should go. And it definitely did not go that way. <laughs> but I will talk all about that later. Okay, cool. Well, I hope you all have a great day and I will be back with more stories soon. Bye.
If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.